All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Miss Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. We're going to give a little bit different discussion. Sarah, I saw on the socials, you know how I'm a social media uh, connoisseur, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, not even close. <laughs> However, I did catch one the other day, and it was a video, and it was <clears throat> several uh, professional technicians across the country. They were talking about if you had $1,000 to spend on tools as a mechanic or, you know, even a do-it-yourself, or you had a great point, you've got a friend that, you know, enjoys it kind of recreationally, I guess, if you will. How much in your idea, now $1,000 is a fair amount of money. What do you think you would get for 1000 bucks? I kind of feel like I'm going to relate this to the makeup world okay. for girls. Okay. Whenever you spend 100 bucks for makeup, yep. you get like a palette of makeup. Ah. So I have a feeling that if I'm going to relate this back to tools, if mm-hmm. you spend like 100 bucks, you're going to get like one little tool. Or, okay. or maybe even like not even get the tool. You spend 100 a week for many oh, weeks gosh. to get that one little tool. Well, I couldn't even imagine what a thousand bucks would do. Yeah. You might be able to get like a little set of something. Or not. Oh. <laughs> it's it's that real. Um, so there are a lot out there. I'm sure you know Craftsman Forever. Uh-huh. You know, that's been a big one. I, I've fixed a lot of cars with Craftsman Tools, Cobalt, Husky, Gear Wrench. Those are kind of what I would consider. Is Mac so, one as well? So it is. You have the Mac Tool Look Company. At me. I know. I'm impressed. <laughs> and then you have like what I consider, you know, your hobbyist tools, which would be kind of the ones we talked about. And then you have your professional grade tools, which would be Mac to your point, Snap-on, Cornwell, Matco. Um, those are not something you normally find in just anybody's toolbox. Um, and honestly, you don't even see them in pawn shops all that much because a lot of people put them online and sell them direct to um, professional technicians. Do you ever see the trucks running around Springfield that have the logos on the yeah, side? Yeah, I see the Snap-on truck. Do you? Uh, they're probably coming to see me, honestly. <laughs> um, do you, do you, have you ever been on one of those trucks? No. I'll have to see if at some point in time the stars don't align and we can get you on one of those trucks. But um, they come by every week. And they run a tool truck account. And so essentially, like, it's just like whatever you want and within reason, you're able to get. And then your weekly payment goes up. And so, you know, they start out, their go-to is like 20 a week. And, you know, that gets you probably somewhere around five to $800 worth of tool truck credit, which doesn't go that far. And then as you go up, you know, I've had upwards of probably three or 4000 on my tool truck account, which is about probably 100 to 200 a week. Um, but then it compounds and you have multiple trucks coming by and you owe multiple dealers. And so all of a sudden your tool payments per week are like four or $500. And you're like, uh, I was complaining in the shop one day, there was a, it was a landscaping company and they pulled in and they had an awesome trailer. I have a real thing for trailers. If you see me rubbernecking anywhere, it's usually not about a girl. It's about somebody's trailer. (laughs) I'm just being honest. But they had a real nice four-door diesel-powered truck. I'm like, man, I want one of those, blah, 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 you know, and I'm being a, you know, turd ball to everybody in the shop complaining and, and uh, Dave Doobie there. He said, well, Dustin, if you didn't spend all your money on those tool trucks, you could have one of those, <laughs> one of those trucks. And so I never forgot that. But as a technician, we pretty much uh, furnish most of our hand tools and equipment. It's very hard for a shop to keep track of all that stuff. I mean, you really have to be on point 
and it's just really not feasible as a shop. Now, shop equipment we pay for, you know, AC machines, coolant flush machines, etc. But uh, what do you think an average investment of a, let's say, 10-year technician, I'm putting you on the spot here. I don't know, probably close to 10 grand. So that, <clears throat> so 10 grand is probably about what I had when I started right out of trade school. Um, I had been buying and doing stuff for a long time. And my very first day I had a, uh, so I was an apprentice and I had a mentoring technician. He'd been with the company about 15 years. At the end of the first day, he brought me over to his giant wall of tools. He rolled his roll card up there and he put a whole bunch of stuff on there. He said, by the end of the week, you have to have these tools if you want to keep working. It's like, oh, okay, it's getting real. Of course, I was young. I was right out of trade school. I was broke. I wasn't making no money. And uh, so what I did is I had some uh, some freedom sticks, if you will. Some I had some guns. And so I went and pawned those at one pawn shop. And I spent the rest of the day going around from pawn shop to pawn shop buying used tools so I could come back to work and say, yeah, I got them. And so that's how I actually started and got into it. And then after that, for... The last, you know, almost 20 years at this point, you know, I've had those tool payments that I've talked to you about forever, and I don't begrudge them at all. And I get a little bit of flack from time to time from people like, really? You know, how can you afford that? And I'm like, well, how can you not? You know, the bottom line is, is this industry, along with anybody else's industry, you all have challenges, right? You got challenges here. Why make them any harder than they have to be? You know, when we're dealing with, you know, you as a customer or a consumer, when you come in the shop, um, you expect where I think the expectation is, um, and we may have jaded your view on this, Sarah, you think all mechanic shops are kind of equal, or did you at one point in time, or do you still think that? Yeah, I kind of had that negative thought Mm -hmm. of shops of like, oh, they're all kind of going to like just take advantage of me. And then I found A1, and I'm like, I love all of these people in here. (laughs) Well, and, you know, it's not always that it's intentional that they're taking advantage of folks. Most of the time, for lack of a better uh, way to put it, it's incompetence or or they just don't know any better. It's, um, you know, ignorance is a, a strong term. But the reality is, is if you're not continuing your education, your tooling and equipment, eventually you're having to make do. And anytime any of you out there have ever done anything and you just have to, you know, make it work, the outcome is never as good as the person that has the right equipment and the skilled hands and training in order to take care of it. You know, I hate to refer back to the medical field all the time, but you don't want to go in and have them do any kind of work and just make it good enough. You know, you want them to to be on point and your outcomes are drastically uh, different um, you know, Stacy and I have a little one that's got some health challenges and, and, you know, Springfield did their best, but the tooling and equipment and the skilled hands that take care of her are in St. Louis. And I'll drive that every day of the week if I have to. That's the difference when, when I approach the automotive repair we do as a company, um, you know, there's a lot of times that, you know, we're ordering special tools on a weekly basis, if not, you know, something I have cataloged or archived, and dispersing them out, showing the guys how to use them, making sure we're on the front side of it. Because if not, then you don't get the outcome that we're all looking for. And when you think about shops and mechanics and technicians, whatever you want to call us, you know, the expectation is, is, oh, I, you know, I'm going to spend the same amount of, or I'm going to, 
get the same service for different kinds of money. You know, people try and shop it. And that skilled um, tradesman or, or tradeswoman, whatever you want to call it, uh, is such a huge, uh, vast difference from facility to facility. And we have to continue on the front side of that all the time. And hopefully you've seen that kind of as even, you know, we've done shows now for, you know, five or six years. And it's something that continues to be more and more and more important. So I have a philosophy. I don't know how much time we got left. We got a couple minutes. Um, I have this philosophy that when you're new in an industry, you're so hungry and you're learning and you're grabbing onto every little kind of nook and cranny, if you will, of of information and ways to do things. You're an open book, basically. And as we get in the industry, we get comfortable. And then we're like, okay, I'm, I'm good enough. I got this. I'm good. I don't have to learn anything new. But the industry may plateau for a little while. You may plateau for a little while. And then all of a sudden it's going to take off again and start moving and moving and moving. And that's where you see whether people like what they do, they love what they do, they're committed to it, or the industry flushes them out and they have to go do something else. I'm very, very thankful that we've got so many career folks that, you know, they've been doing it 30, 40 years. Um, I know you get to see that from time to time. I uh, I talked about a truck last week that you brought up. Did you get to see that truck live? I did, well, I didn't see it live, but I did. Oh, you saw it on Instagram. I or saw something? it on Instagram. Ryan did a great job yes, posting for you guys. He does, and I mean, just the whole truck was gone. Yeah, we split it in half. Basically, we pulled the cab up off the chassis in order to do an engine job. What is that? T- I mean, just from you know, just. What's your initial reaction? Like, oh, my God, is that ever going to go back together right? Yeah, well, no, it was kind of like a shock of like, whoa, one, I bet that took a really long time to get it in that way that it was. And two, I mean, wow, the skill to do that. And I'll take a photo. um, I'll ask Ryan if I can take one and put it on our podcast page so everyone can see. But, I mean, that's not something that you see every day. Well, and, you know, thankfully Harlan was our technician. Guy did it crazy good job on that thing it was wonderful turned out really well and basically that situation is something i want to dovetail in and then you know maybe some of the next segments is we saved that vehicle from going to the scrapyard essentially because that's what would have happened to it had we not been able to do that repair or get those parts and i'm going to kind of talk a little bit about parts later today as we go through the show but when we get in situations like that as a customer, that's a hard spot to be in, you know, especially right now and in, in the climate and everything, we were able to to get, you know, we're going to stand behind that engine job for the next three years or 100,000 miles. If it needs anything, essentially it's our problem and not theirs. But I'll get a little deeper in that right after the break. Just something women like about a pickup man. Welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin here at the studio. Sarah, we're talking about uh, the cost of everything, essentially. And, you know, a thousand bucks. If if you had a thousand bucks right now, what would you do with it? Um, I would pay for some of my car repairs. I know. That I need you to have some done. repairs done. Uh, so I believe Mr. Darren is going to be the technician taking care of you. Have you got to meet Darren yet? Mm, you know what? I've probably seen him around the shop, but I don't think I've actually, like, sat down and had a conversation with him. So, so Darren is a awesome technician he actually had kind of got to know us a little bit as a listener before he came to work and oh no was kidding part of the company. yeah so when we interviewed he's like man I, you know he's it was kind of one of those moments he's like oh i was hoping you were going to be here and i'm like hi darren i've never met you before what do you mean he's like oh you know we listen to the show you know you and sarah and i was like oh that's super cool Aww. and 
he has been a godsend and just an amazing technician. But he's going to be the one taking care of your little Chevy Cruze. You know, to, uh, to, we're at a point with your Cruze that we've been talking about with the listeners for a while. Um, and essentially, I'm going to do what I want to do to the car, which I'm super excited about. And, and we want to make an, this an option to where, you know, you were kind of backed into a, a little bit of a corner on that deal where you were going to have to look for another car. And you and Ryan had just done that already and gone through that process. Yeah. That would have been a big ask at this point. Uh, but we are going to make an, an investment in the car that you will get when you do decide to get another car instead of at this point now where it's broke and, you know, you really don't have a lot of value there so i'm really excited that we're able to do that and he is excited as well He's well sweet. i'm excited too and you know what this is something i was telling my husband ryan that i have so much confidence and faith in you guys yeah. that i'm going on vacation and just yeah. leaving my car and i'm not worried that you guys are going to call me with something scary yeah. no i just have that ease you know how whenever you go on vacation you worry about yeah, things like did sure. i leave the stove on or is my dog okay right yeah, yep. what's going on back at home? Yeah, I don't yeah. have to worry about the car. No. So that's a great feeling. Well, and it worked out great for us in this instance. That allows me a little bit more freedom. Not that we rush the repairs, but sometimes people are in a hurry, and I don't always get to put as many miles on it, you know, and 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 just kind of that troubleshooting or or, or uh, you know final quality out there. But with you guys being out for a little bit. Not only are we taking away the broken part of it, but I'm going to be able to troubleshoot and the quality control is going to be very high with, you know, what we got and we'll go forward with it. So super duper excited about that. Other than your car, if you had a thousand dollars, not like like fun money. OK, so this has to be, you know, I don't know if you ever saw those movies are like, oh, you have to spend so much money in a certain amount of time. But it can't be on like adult stuff. What would uh, you spend a thousand? You know bucks what? On? My mind immediately goes to adult stuff. I'm like, oh, I need a vapor barrier for yeah, my house. I know. Um, if I was gonna spend a thousand dollars on something fun, I don't know. I'd take like a little road trip. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I, I don't like know that. where. I'm not sure. I'd have to map it out. See where a thousand dollars could get me. But That's a good point. It's good to have like a little weekend getaway every once in a while. Especially right now. I went down to Northwest Arkansas the last couple of days. We've got a couple of shops we we work with down there, and the changing of the season. I was is gonna say. I beautiful. bet it's beautiful. Yeah. I go down there every once in a while. I go hiking at Whitaker mm. Point. Nice. Which is kind of like on the side of a mountain. Yep. And I mean, it is the most beautiful view of just fall colors. I didn't get to do it this year though yeah maybe next year i know uh as the seasons change that causes a whole nother kind of you know thing to focus on with all of our vehicles and the thousand bucks is pretty important you know a thousand bucks doesn't go as far as it used to unfortunately but it's getting to the point where a little bit of investment now goes a long way later regardless what it is um, so typically when I have an extra thousand dollars, I usually do spend it on tools um, or I get a new gun. That's usually what I always do with it. And from time to time, every couple times a year, it always works out that way. So very, very thankful for that. But I want to make sure that as we kind of plan and go forward and as the seasons change, hopefully we're protecting your all's investment. Now, we're literally doing that to Sarah's car right now while they're, while they're going to be in Jamaica. So that's pretty cool. But you all out there can do that as well. If you have some ability and you're kind of a do-it-yourselfer, you know, whether it's a strong or, or moderate do-it-yourselfer, uh, just checking the basics is really, really important. And if you're not comfortable with that, that's totally fine. Whoever does your normal service should be able to do that for you as well. I tell a lot of our customers, 
that, hey, if you're in the area and you need us to check the oil or, you know, run through some of the fluids on it, just give us a holler and we'll figure out how to make the time. And I offer that all the time, but I'm bringing it up now to stress that a little bit more. As we go into the change in the seasons, whether it's cold to hot or hot to cold in this instance, you need to make sure that you're ready for that. Now, in areas of the country where the climate is more moderate or more consistent, I'm not talking about consistent extremes, uh, but, you know, say you're out in California and it's sunny and 70, you know, 11 months out of the year, then you're not going to notice this as much. But when we get a temperature swing or a environmental change, and I'm not talking about like, you know, global warming and all that stuff. I'm just talking about we're changing of the seasons as normal things happen. You need to make sure that, A, if something's different with the car, if it makes a different noise when you start it up in the morning and it's cold, if it turns over or cranks, you hear the cadence of the starter when it cranks the engine up in the morning. If it takes a little longer or it's a little sluggish, those are all signs that you've got something going on that if you don't get it taken care of or addressed, it's going to leave you stuck. And so the colder it gets, the more extreme forces or basically the harder it is to get the vehicle to start. Typically, once it's up and running and operating temperature, you you usually won't notice it as often. But if you do, you need to get it checked or, or check it yourself, whatever you want to do. But keep your fluids in good shape. Uh, I've seen several come in throughout the year where they had a coolant leak at one point in time. And instead of using an antifreeze mixture, they've got water in them. And right now, you're going to see some of the, the ugly truth of the difference of antifreeze versus water. Um, I've had engine blocks crack perfectly good running and driving vehicles. Um, the last one I had was a Chevy pickup. It was a 350. I think it was probably late 80s, early 90s. And they do have expansion plugs or freeze plugs is what they're uh, more than likely referred to most commonly. But a lot of those are only there for the machining or milling or casting process. Everybody refers to them as expansion plugs or freeze plugs, and, and they are there and they will do that to a certain extent. But they're not really truly designed for that. That's part of the manufacturing process. And if it gets frozen bad enough, it expands and it will break the casting. And right now, um, replacement parts are a big, big deal. We're getting to the point where we are having a hard time in general, and, and this is just not the automotive industry, but locating good cores, good replacement units. Uh, a lot of the manufacturing that make the new units are way behind or they're not up to uh, capacity as they used to be. You know, years and years ago, uh, it seems like forever ago, say five years ago, if I had a vehicle come in with 100, 200, you know, and it needed some internal engine work done, we would do it. If it got towards 200, 250, you know, et cetera, and it needed internal engine work, I more than often recommend or, you know, advise the customer that we need to get a reman or a rebuilt unit, and we put it in there and we go on about our day. The reason I'm bringing this up is it's not always an option anymore at this time. And we're not a big used part or used engine and transmission installation company. We will do it on certain applications. But as I look at the used market, because the newer reman market is drying up, 
I see the used market really ramping up their prices. And I mean, there is a demand. And I have even seen it to where the used engines, transmissions, or any large uh, items are more than what I normally can get a remand for. Absolutely absurd. They'll have 100 plus thousand miles on it, and they'll want $3,200 for a used engine. Cost. That's not installed. That's not, you know, fixing anything that needs to be fixed while we've got the engine out. And I'm like, holy cow, that is just incredible. You know, five years ago, I could get pretty much anything I wanted for five to eight hundred bucks. And because of what's going on in the world today, there's a drastic demand on that. And that stuff is moving and selling just like hotcakes. So what does that mean to you? Well, first off, hopefully it means that we can take care of and protect your vehicle or your automotive needs in a manner that you don't have to get into those situations. The other part of it is um, just some simple maintenance processes make an amazing difference. On top of that, if we get in a situation we do have a problem, getting it in, getting it accurately diagnosed is one of the biggest things that goes on. Unfortunately, some of the biggest catastrophic damage that I've seen the last several months and years at this point is these vehicles will not tolerate being run low on oil or overheated. You do either one of those items, whether it had a big problem or not prior to that, it doesn't matter anymore because it's got a big problem now. And I continue to see that. And the the older vehicles, you could overheat them, put some water in them, go on about your day, and away you go. Uh, now you cannot do that. we got to make sure that we're being as proactive as possible. So we're down at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back in a minute. It might be a little dust on the bottom. All right, welcome back. We've got Sarah and Dustin here in the studio. Kind of just, I don't know, this is a, a little bit of a melting pot of discussion today. But Sarah's segment, uh, basically from the customer, we've got a couple of folks out there, listeners, I guess, would be the right uh, right category. Sarah, what do you got from a few of our listeners? Sure. Well, we had Dave in Republic. Dave says, I have a 97 Camaro RS that was recently stolen. Mm. I got it back, but they cut off the ignition, and now it only starts with a screwdriver. I'm My sorry, goodness. Dave. Yeah. Um, they also cut off the catalytic converter. Well, I know that they just arrested a guy Good. in Republic. Good. That stole, like, I don't know how many, I don't know. Yeah. But I did see that, so maybe that I'm was the guy. I'm glad to hear that. Somebody got busted. Yeah. So Dave says, what would be a fairly inexpensive way to repair it, as I don't have a lot of money to throw at it at the moment? Thank okay. you. Perfect. So, first off, thank you to whichever municipality caught the thief. Um, hopefully it was the right one. Yeah, hopefully. And unfortunately, there's not just one out there. Um, I showed up to our Fort Street store. I think it was Monday morning. We had three or four stolen vehicles. Not They didn't steal the whole vehicle. They stole the converters. Um, kind of worked through what was going on there and then went over to Sunset, and I replaced one on a company vehicle. They had stole the catalytic converter on there. Is that not nuts? Well, you, let me tell you, I read a article from like the Fox affiliate up in St. Louis and they are just plagued with catalytic converter thefts. And it makes me really nervous because our great escape, our flight out to Jamaica Mm -hmm. is out of St. Louis. And thankfully our hotel has pretty good security, but I really hope that uh, they're definitely taking an extra lap around the lot, especially at night. It's amazing. And, And honestly, the night part's bad, but I've, I've been hearing folks that they're doing it during the day. Broad daylight 
It's just insane. Um, unfortunately, that's probably not going to ha- not going to slow down for any time soon. So we've done many shows. You can kind of go back on some of the precautions you can do. What A One Custom does, and I will get to Dave's question here in just a moment. What we do differently than most is a lot of times we're able to fabricate or build and repair the damage done by the thieves versus most stores don't have the ability or dealers even to make or build and fabricate your exhaust system. So they have to order the entire pieces that have been affected. So it is still a fairly expensive repair depending on what vehicle you have. But more often than not, our goal is to do it as economically as possible because we know that it's a, a theft or vandalism issue, which is just, it, it's there's not excusable. It's ridiculous. But Dave, to your question. So hopefully maybe, you know, whoever you can get to take care of and put your exhaust back together, they can build you a system. I can tell you on that vehicle, depending on how they damaged it, it's not a real big deal. It is illegal not to put a catalytic converter back in there. So you will need a converter reinstalled in there. But to your ignition situation, Folks out there listening with some of the late 80s, early 90s, into the early 2000s, those vehicles are very sought after right now. The theft deterrent on those vehicles is not as stringent as it is on some of the later, newer technology that they've put into the immobilizer and and, uh, passive theft system. So they're easier to defeat, unfortunately, if you're an unscrupulous member of society. And in this case, they've busted up your column, it sounds like. Um, Hopefully, depending on how that is, a lot of times I can remove part of the lock cylinder in there and maybe save the column. If it is not savable, then what you're going to have to do is is hunt around and find a used column. Now, that's going to be your most cost-effective way and probably even money aside, you're not going to be able to get a new replacement column for that. You will be able to get a new lock cylinder, which is normally what they bash up. Um, a lot of times they do break the the shell of the column or where that lock cylinder engages in there. Um, so that's going to be our biggest thing right there is to get you a good use column. Now, those vehicles are getting harder and harder to come by. You're going to have to do some hunting around, whether it's through a salvage network. And a lot of times if you deal with one of the bigger salvage companies, they can look at not only their inventory, but others' inventory. Now, depending on how mechanical you are, if you can hunt around, sometimes you'll find parts cars, you know, on on Facebook Marketplace. Craigslist is pretty much dried up in my opinion. I do check that from time to time, but it's almost non-existent as far as the activity on there. There are two U-Pullet yards here in Springfield. There's Pick and Pull and Buddy's U-Pullet. Um, their inventory changes all the time. If you're able to pull your own parts, it's much, much cheaper in order to do that. It's no different than if I build my own house. It's going to be less expensive than if I have to pay somebody to do it. And those are going to be your options. If you would like a service from one of our stores or if you've got a shop, that's going to be what they're going to have to do. And that takes time. And getting the right system found, I run into this several years ago. It wasn't a theft situation, but it was a Trans Am, which is, you know, share a lot of relationships with the Camaro uh, family. And it needed a steering column in it. And the only one I could find was out of a Camaro. And the customer was very adamant that she loved her Trans Am 
and she was not acceptable to have a GM steering wheel on there. So we continued hunting, 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 time, time, time. And we ended up finally getting a replacement column that was in good shape out of a Trans Am, but it took a month in order to do that. So I hate it that your vehicle's not in good shape and that there was some turd out there that decided to mess it up um, and steal your vehicle. Thankfully, you got it back. But to get this thing back where it needs to be, uh, that salvage column is probably going to be your best bet. And then getting your exhaust taken care of, you need to find somebody that can fabricate that because I doubt that even the new parts are available to order anymore. We're running into a situation where they're phasing out a lot of parts and that's sidelining a lot of vehicles that, you know, people depend on. I have a customer down in Arkansas. I've done a lot of work for her over the years. She's got an older S10 and she's running into a situation where nobody can take care of it for her. And so she's actually commuting or staying in contact. And, and I said, well, I can take care of it, but you're going to have to give me some time. And she was more than happy to give me some time on that because we we're going to be able to get to the, the bottom of her problem. That was a situation she was in several years ago. And the reason we crossed paths is she was looking to exhaust all of her resources before she sent it back to California. She had a mechanic when she lived there previously that always took care of her vehicle, did a great job, and she was actually going to ship it back to California. You all can understand what that cost, I'm sure, will be. And we were able to get it in. I had her truck for roughly a month or so. Um, it hadn't. It had a lot of different things going on as we acquired replacement parts. That took time. Getting to the bottom of what's going on takes time. And essentially, I had it about a month, but she's been driving it for the last three years completely trouble-free until whatever happened now, and I'm not sure. I haven't seen it yet. But as we go through that process, it's going to be in the same boat kind of as Dave's car right now. We're going to have to hunt that stuff. We're going to have to really exhaust all of our resources. Um, occasionally, I will find some good used stuff. Now, you need to be careful, uh, but you can do some online surfing and find some new old stock some NOS parts. Uh, there's Collins Brothers Jeep out in, I think, Texas. I uh, had a Jeep here a while back that I got some new old stock stuff from him. It's just, it's a, it's a hunt at this point. Everything is not necessarily at your fingertips like it was, you know, two or three years ago. And I hope, Dave, you're able to get that car back up and going because they're getting harder to come by. You know, those older Camaros, Trans Ams, etc., they're really getting to the point where you don't see them that often. When I was a kid, they were a dime a dozen and everywhere, and they were they were great. But uh, hopefully you get that thing back going up. Sarah, do you think that answered Dave's question? I think so. And if he has a follow-up question, he can shoot us another yeah. message, 447-5743. And like I said last week, it might take me a little bit of time to kind of sort through our messages because we're doing a contest on mm -hmm. our text line, but I promise I'm going to get to you. Yep. It took me probably like 10 minutes wow. to find these questions My. just because we've got, I think it said 20,000 text messages Oof. unread. My, my, my. I know. So, but I found it. That's awesome. And you have done a great job getting that stuff in here through kind of the voice of the customer or the listener, which is fantastic. That's been awesome. We got any time left? Or am yep, I you got about a minute. About a minute left. Uh, you know, the, the old car stuff or keeping those cars on the road is something I really, really enjoy. Now, we're not an old vintage shop. 
Typically, if you are 95 or older, that's not something I get into very much anymore as a company. If you're an existing customer or somebody that we've got some relationship with, I will take those on a case-by-case basis. But pretty much what we do at A1 Custom is take care of your 96 or newer. Um, there's a information or software change in the vehicles there. That's why I put that as a hard date. And that's really our bread and butter and what we do and take care of. If you have a mid to late 90s into mid to early 2000s, those are some of the most dependable cars right now, but they're trying to phase them away by part availability and having the right stuff to get you guys taken care of. Our folks are very, very good at locating those hard-to-find parts. We're not a parts store, so if you need parts, don't call us and just ask for parts. If you need your cars repaired, that is what we do, and we will get those folks on kind of the hunt to get to the bottom of whatever your issues and put that in the hands of our skilled technicians. But we need to take another break. Sarah and I will be right back after this. I'm just a guy with a girl everybody wants to know. Welcome back. Sarah and I got just a little bit of time. Sarah, you were bringing some interesting discussion up uh, in the uh, the break there. Uh, basically that I draw a line in the sand of what it is we want to service. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. especially after you explained it with like the, the software updates and yep. things like that. But I don't know. Just for some reason in my mind, I thought if I've got a car, I'm going to take it to A1. Well, and and like I said, we it's not that I can't fix them or, mm-hmm. or shouldn't. Sometimes the there are what I consider restoration shops, and they work on vehicles of a vintage era. That's what they specialize in. They're not going to have the same equipment, tooling, and staff that we're going to have because we're doing two different things. Um, you know, typically our focus is getting your car in, getting it diagnosed, and figuring you know what it is to get it back to you as quick as possible. That's just how we roll. The restoration shops, a lot of times you drop the vehicle and it's there for months, if not years, and they specialize in getting to the bottom, finding those hard to find new old stock parts, going through that. And a lot of times, once you get past that 96 year model, and at least my experience, there's not just one thing going on with the car. And so that's why that restoration is they deal with all aspects of it, whether it's cosmetic, whether it's mechanical, whether it's steering suspension, et cetera, interior. We don't do all that stuff. And when you get a car, so 96, so 96 to 06, 06 to 16, 16 to, I mean, we're dealing in 30 and 40 year old cars, depending on where you're at. I've got to draw a line somewhere to focus on that turnaround time. The people that come see us, normally they're their daily driver or Mm -hmm. fleet vehicle, and so they need their car back quick, and that's what we're set up to. You know, I don't want to have your car for a month. I don't want to have it for a week. Even if we're doing that engine job, Harlan turned that, I think, in four days, that that truck that we had talked about earlier where he pulled the cab off of it. And that's not something a lot of shops are able to turn that fast and get the customer back in the vehicle. But that's what we pride ourselves on is doing that kind of stuff. Um, We have done some restoration stuff. I don't know if you, I'm sure you saw it. We had that old Bronco. Yeah. We had that one for probably two years. Uh, It had had a lot of restoration done, but Harlan fabricated and and finished the restoration that two or three other shops had got as far as they could and quit. And so that's why I draw the line in the sand. If you are, you know, an existing customer and want to have a discussion about this, 
Um, typically, whichever one of the store managers you're dealing with will call me, and I will make the call on that. It's not that I don't like you or I don't love you if I tell you that we're not going to do it. It's what's set up for us and you to get the very best outcome. I don't want to refer you to another shop ever unless that's the outcome that you need. You know, you would think we want every every broken car out there, and, and that's just not the case. There's sometimes in some situations we can have a real discussion and say, look, the outcome you're after, the time frame that you're after is going to be better fitted in this kind of environment versus what we are going to be able to do. Does that make any sense, Sarah? Yeah, that does make you sense. I think that's kind of crazy. Well, you know, last time I was over there, there was a really beautiful blue uh, vintage yes. truck over there. Yep. We, we, we have done quite a bit of work to that one as well. There's a very special story behind that truck. Um, it's uh, very, uh, I don't want to say... Uh, it's not just about the truck. There's an emotional connection to where that had come through a family. Um, and when we had that come up, that was basically the discussions like, hey, what's your expectation? And we've had it there for quite a while. We're sourcing some parts, trying to get some things taken care of. We've got it down to just basically a speedometer function. We had a very big list of things in the beginning. Um, we did some reseal work on the transmission, the engine, did some engine tuning. Um, thankfully, we've got some guys that have been doing this for a long time. The older carbureted and distributor stuff, I'm not super great on, but I've got some guys that that's what they did for the bulk of their career. And so Harlan had a, uh, a metal shard in his finger. I don't know if you ever saw that or whatever. It was a whole deal. He ended up getting a shard in there. We had to get him to several specialists. He's fixed and in good shape now. But the reason that that mattered to me is I got to basically be his hands for a day in tuning that truck. And it was amazing the difference of the very first time I test drove that truck in the morning. It was lazy. It wouldn't get out of its own way. It didn't shift correctly. It was not fun to drive. And by the end of the day, we had done enough tuning and repair stuff on it that that little truck is fun to drive now. It is absolutely a rocket. And I think it's like a 67 or 68 uh, C10 Chevy pickup is what that is over there. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. I asked, because um, I've been in the shop quite a bit yeah. here lately with the pre-purchase inspections yep. that I've done and whatnot. Anyways, I finally asked, I said, is this somebody's like daily driver? <laughs> because it's beautiful. Yeah. And then um, Amanda up there yep. at the front, she kind of gave me a little explanation of the truck and Man, I hope they're from this area because I hope I get to see it. Actually, so we have turned it back to them a couple of different times and, and you know, made plans for the next mm -hmm. set of repairs or we're waiting on parts or whatever. And I see them using that around Springfield oh, all the time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I love seeing that stuff where folks get out and, you know, it's one thing to have that garage queen that, you know, you wax every weekend, but you never put any miles on it. It's a whole nother thing to have an old school vintage driver. And that's exactly what that truck is. I mean, it's beautiful. I, I could see it being a garage queen, but um, it's a really great daily and it runs and drives so well after we got done kind of working through it. Um, what we're having issues now with is it has a uh, original dash cluster in it, which is really cool. I love the original old school gauges. Uh, but they updated the transmission to a 700R4, which you're probably like, what does that matter? But it matters greatly because it has uh, overdrive, so it's more fuel economy on the road. Um, has very low first gear, and they're very, very responsive transmissions. They're really cool. 
And what's happening is it's not communicating the speedometer correctly. Mm -hmm. So you'll be doing like 60 or 70, and it says you're doing like 20 or 30. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And so we're trying a few different ways because that's a later model transmission to an older um, dash cluster. And I think we'll get it before we're done. Um, But that's kind of what we're at at that point with that one now. So it's a neat old truck. Uh, I don't want you to bring all of your old stuff. We need to have a conversation before we do anything with that kind of stuff. Uh, but we do a fair amount of that stuff on a case-by-case basis. Um, Mike out at Republic does our custom wheels and tires. He's my only store that does that. Oh, tires. I just occurred to me. So, Sarah, we talked about inflation here a while back, didn't we? Yes. Tires is getting really, really interesting, the tire business. Now, we're not a tire specialty shop. We mainly do that just to take care of our customers. So you don't have to run all around town getting tires. Uh, We're just as competitive as anybody else. I'm not looking to make a million bucks off a set of tires. But I want you to have the right tires on your vehicle for what you're doing. However, um, there's large chain stores that I'm seeing um, that are having a hard time getting tires. Now, I've not experienced that yet. Um, tires has been fine. We got you a pair of tires here. I think a few, few weeks, maybe even a month ago now for your car. I'm very thankful that we did it then because the tire prices are going up like crazy. Most of the tire manufacturing is not done here in the States. Very, very little of it is. Um, and they come over on those tanker ships. And so I'd imagine there's a ton of tires sitting offshore in some of the containers and freighters. But they're blowing up the price on it. Now, when you come in and have a set of tires done from whoever it is you choose to have your tires done, please don't think that whatever that tire costs, they're taking all that money. Because I had a customer here the other day, really great folks, I know them. And, uh, you know, I told them how much they had a their, their truck had a very large set of uh, off-roading tires, and they're worn out. And they're like, goodness gracious, that's a week's or a month's paycheck for us, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't get to keep all that money, I promise. All that goes to the manufacturer or the distributor that we all pull all of our tires from. So why does this matter to you? It basically means that if in the next year you're going to need a set of tires, the longer that you wait, the more expensive those tires are going to be. That's kind of the, the long story short or the Reader's Digest version of that. They are blowing the tire prices up almost every week. I get an email saying, hey, such and such going up this percent. And it's always like 7 or 8%. But by the time you've done that every week for the past six months, all of a sudden that's 30, 40, 50%. It's absurd. I got another customer who's got a one-ton Dodge truck. And occasionally we come in and do one tire for him. And when we initially started, those tires are up 50%. Um, he's finally ordered his last two tires. We did one or two tires at a time to get to his six tires on his vehicle. And the last two I ordered were, were $50 higher than the last two. The first couple I got, they were around a hundred bucks. Um, but once all this stuff started happening, uh, we're up to a little over 150 a tire. And that's not a high end, you know, crazy tire. That's more what I consider economy tire. So just think if you had, you know, set of Michelins or a set of Goodyear's or whatever. Um, and those are good tires. I, I, I urge people to go with that depending on what your needs are, but I don't want you to have to get a second mortgage on your house in order to get a set of tires if you wait too long. So just be mindful of that. Things are, things are kind of changing. Things are, you know, definitely very volatile, I guess, in the, in the climate of anything today, whether it's food purchases or, or automotive repair, whatever it is, it's pretty blanket statement across the board. 
But, uh, Miss Sarah, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you so much. Well, if you guys have any questions, it doesn't matter how big or small. We'll take them all. Ooh, that rhymes. That did. That was good. (laughs) You can shoot us a text, 417-447-5743, or you can reach out to us on the KSGF Facebook page. Dustin, I hope you have a good weekend. You as well. Be safe.